0: Are you new
1: here? Have you been here a while but wondered who we really are? In this church, you'll find real people excited about the mission God has for them. You'll find meaning and direction in a true community of believers. You'll find life experiences shared and stories worth remembering. You'll find giving and serving in real relationships. You'll find passionate worshipers growing better together. You'll find laughter and tears and people taking chances, but ultimately, you'll find true belonging and purpose in the one who made you. In this church, we believe that your life was never meant to be lived alone, and that love can write your story. We are the church, the body of Christ, the hope for this world. Good morning and welcome. Would you please rise for
2: our first song?
3: Church! Well, this morning, the scripture reading is coming to us from Paul's letter to the Galatians. It's in chapter 5, verses 16 through 26. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the desire of the flesh is against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, in order to keep you from doing whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are sexual immorality, impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, witchcraft, hostility, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarn you just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit as well. Let's not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. This is the word of the Lord. Please remain standing for the prayer.
2: Please bow your heads. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for your word, the word that continues to lift us up and sustain us daily. Lord, this morning, I ask that you, uh, you just bless us and that you keep that in mind that, that we are sinners and we know that and we look to you on a daily basis for that peace that only you can give. And, and Lord, you've promised that to us and we, we, uh, we don't look to you often enough. So Lord, this morning, we lay everything at the foot of the cross as we come to you humbled that where two or more of us are gathered, you're with us. So, Lord, this morning, we ask that you bless the worship service we have, the music we're singing, the fellowship. And, Lord, just keep us coveted under your protection. Lord, we pray all these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Nothing can compare
4: may be seated and the kids can come on up for the kids message so come on up front here find a seat on the floor yeah come on up slide in nice and close I don't want anybody sitting by themselves you'll know why here in just a minute come on up all right. Well, have you guys ever seen somebody at school, maybe at lunch, sitting all by themselves or on the playground by themselves? That can be a lonely place, huh? It can be lonely. And you know what? Sometimes kids will even pick on them. And that's not nice, is it? And you know what? And then if you want to go and be with that person and, and be loving and kind to them, it makes it kind of hard because, well, if if they're getting picked on then if i go and and hang out with them then maybe i'm going to get picked on so it can be hard to think about how do i go and share love and kindness to someone who's lonely or hurting right but you know what i'm gonna let you in on a secret it's not just kids because sometimes kids grow up and become mean adults too and you know what that's part of life and jesus knew a lot about it he did because you know what There were some mean people called the Pharisees, and they called Jesus a friend of sinners, and they were trying to get other people not to hang out with Jesus because, well, he was hanging out with people that they were picking on and being mean to. But you know what? Jesus calls us to love other people, doesn't he? He calls his disciples to love people. And let's see what he says in Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. Jesus says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. That was kind of confusing. Hmm. You know what? Let's read it in some words that are easier to understand, okay? This is what Jesus said. He said, happy are the people who get picked on for living like Jesus because they belong to Jesus. Be happy when people pick on you, are mean to you, when they trash talk you behind your back. My followers have always been treated like this, but be glad because you belong to me. So we're supposed to be happy when that happens? Not because people are being mean to us, right? But we're happy because we belong to Jesus. That's something to be happy about. And you know what? We belong to Jesus, and he is with us even when people are mean to us or if we're lonely. Because you know what? Jesus came to be friends with people who are lonely, to help those who are hurting. And you know what? He was willing to be hurt for us So that he could come and be with us and so that we can belong to him and not only was he willing to be be picked on but he was willing to be nailed to a cross and to die for us so that we can live with him forever isn't that amazing that's a big love that jesus has for us and he says hey just as i love people i want you to love people too and if people are mean you can be happy because not because people are mean but because you love me and you belong to me Right? So we can know that no matter what's going on around us, that Jesus loves us, He is with us, and nothing can take that away from us, no matter what anybody says or does to us. All right, will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands and you can repeat after me, "Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus. Thank, you for for us, thank you for coming for us, for loving the lonely. And helping, the and helping the hurting. And we want to love people like you. People like you. Amen. Amen. Alright boys and girls. Thanks for coming up.
0: One, two, three, Letting go of every single dream. I lay each one. never changes what you see I've tried to win this war
5: The other day I was pondering, why do we clap? Have you thought about it? I hope the reason we clap, while it's really good music and really great stuff, it's the message and it's the God whom we worship. So I just want you to be thinking that way when we put this, it really is for them. And I know the the praise team would say the same. It is because God is so good. So he's worthy of us applauding. So uh, keep doing that. I want to welcome everyone, our guests. We're delighted you're with us in worship. We invite you to come on back. Um, if you're here today, you might be thinking, okay, what, how do I do things? Um, example, after the service, we'd love to get to know you. Stop at Next Steps. We have a gift for you. Um, today, we're going to have communion. We have it at every single service. And it's not just for members of 1C. It's for people who believe that it's bread and wine and body and blood of Jesus for forgiveness of sins. That's your belief. We invite you. In fact, we encourage you to come and celebrate. If you're here today and you have a prayer request, something, uh, maybe a Thanksgiving or a concern, uh, you can actually text your prayer request up there to 402-242-5051, and we get those today, and we'll include it in our time of prayer that happens in just a little while. So those are some of the things to do. All right, um, let me see if I get these things in order uh, because my slip is up there. That tells me all my announcements. Uh, Let's do the Haiti one, all right? So example, you look on the wall. Some of you don't know what we're doing, maybe because you're new here. But we have this project. It's community-wide where we want to pack rice packs and send them over to Haiti. And there's a, a mission that I've been several times to, Mission of Hope. And they take those rice packs and go out to orphanages and bring food and the message of God's love. And it's a very powerful ministry. Lives are being changed. And so part of the project is raising funds to do the rice packing event. And if you noticed, this week we have 14 left. Now, we'll be okay if we go over that or under that too. But So if you want to sponsor a, a box of rice packs, it's $65. If you want to do a partial box, that's fine too. But we'd love to get that down to zero so when we get to March 4th we can pack And I think it's going to be like 80,000 packs. It's incredible. With that, we want you to come and be part of it. March 4th is a rice packing event. Last year, if you've been, anybody here that was here last year, raise your hand. Okay, just look around. If you want to know what it's like, talk to them. It is life-changing. It's beautiful. Realizing where this is going. We'd love for you to be a part of it. So you can go to the Church Center app. You can stop at Next Steps. You can call the church office and we'll let you kind of know how this works. Uh, Last part of the Haiti project is actually the pousas, right? And uh, they're going to be starting to be made at noon, so right after the service, till 4 o'clock. That's when our service ends today. Just so if you're here, you're wondering how long the service is going to be. Just kidding. Uh, But around noon, you can go and get those, and you could feed your stomach, but also make a difference in the lives of kids. The proceeds are going to go for the Haiti project. So, get lunch, make a difference, all right? Uh, some of you have been here for the last couple of weeks and you've heard my phrase, and I'd like to know if anybody remembers it. I'll go like this There is nothing more important than. Okay. Oh, you, thank you, Randy, because you were here at the last service. He's a plant. I I could go there with the word plant. All right. There's nothing more important than your spiritual health, your spiritual growth. And what does that mean? It means you knowing Jesus personally, you growing in him, and you sharing that love of Jesus with other people. Your spiritual growth is the most important thing. That's why we're going to take time beginning next Sunday, February 26th, and we are going to start a spiritual growth campaign. We are going to preach on it, and we're going to teach on it. We want to live it out. So if you would, put in your calendar to come every week for the next five weeks. Come to every service. Now, if you're out of town, we get that. That's why we, have, uh, we, we stream the services. So you can go online and watch that. We are asking you to please prayerfully consider to join one of our DNA groups. Remember, DNA, depending on God, nurturing relationships, and advancing the mission. Um, and we're going to get together. And we have over 20-some groups, different times, different places, and you could be a part of that. So, you can go to Church Center, you can stop at Next Steps, you can call the church office. You can ask, how do I join one of these groups? Um, we would love for you to do it. Please consider this. Uh, we decided just to do five weeks, because if you go longer than that, it really gets tough in people's lives. So we, we get that. So five weeks, so please be a part of that. And then the last part of this spiritual growth campaign is prayer. Would you please pray that this campaign would change us as a church and also that God would do something in our hearts, our minds, our lives, and that the kingdom would be furthered because of what God did through this campaign. So if you would, please consider that. And the last announcement, this Wednesday is the beginning of Lent. And it's called Ash Wednesday. And I'll just tell you, it's one of the, mm, I'll just say, more stirring services of the year for me. Because it it is a journey of reflection. It is a journey of repentance. It is a journey of considering how much does God love us. And that's what this journey is. So, what can you expect? We're going to have music. That's great. We're going to have the Word of God. That's great. But if you come to an Ash Wednesday service, we will do what's called the imposition of the ashes, and that means putting the ashes on your forehead, and you will hear those powerful words in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And so I'd love for you to come and be a part of that. We'll also have Holy Communion, and so it'll be a, a beautiful service, a great way to start the Lenten season, and get us calibrated into thinking about what's really important in life, okay? Okay. A lot of announcements, a lot of things taking place, a lot of opportunities for you to grow in your faith and make a difference in the lives of people. So now we're going to turn our attention to Holy Communion. And what we do as a church, because it is commanded in the scriptures, is that we examine ourselves. That means we get honest with ourselves, uh, with each other, and ultimately with God about our sinfulness, our need for a Savior, what we find in this meal. And then how do we live our lives to the glory of God? So we're going to profess that with the words that will be up on the screen. So would you join with me? I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament And under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in and through his body of the church by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. Amen. And let me just, again, bring you to what I call is the most important thing. Because of Jesus, only because of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. That is the best news we could ever hear in our life. And that good news is connected to this meal. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue with this incredible gift of God, We're going to hear music sung, but as you receive these elements, may you believe that he loves you and he cares for you and he nurtures you. Amen.
1: What do you want? What do you need? What have you done? Do you want to be free? Are you losing the battle? The battle with sin Well, the master is waiting As if there's an answer, it's easy to find. Drop down to your heart and rest there a while. Right there in the silence, beneath all the din, you know the Master is waiting. He'll fill you up He'll stand right beside you To fight and to win
2: You know the master
1: is waiting Waiting to come in So let down your guard Once and for all a voice you've been hearing, well that's your personal call, don't try to resist it, don't try to defend, you know the master is waiting. You know the master is waiting So let down your guard Once and for all That voice you've been hearing Well, that's your personal call Well, don't try to resist it Don't try to defend You know the master is waiting He'll lift you up, he'll lift you up. Yes, he'll stand right beside you, to guide and to you know The master is waiting, waiting to come in. He'll stand right beside you. master is waiting, waiting to come in. He'll stand right beside you, oh, to guide and to win. You know the master is waiting.
5: And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for mission, for ministry, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen.
6: Let us pray. Almighty God, we bring our prayers, spoken and in our hearts, to you from our 1C family. Prayers for the family of Janet Moody, She passed away on Valentine's and is now with you, Jesus. My heart goes out to Julie, who started her second round of cancer treatment. She is having a difficult challenge believing in you and your way and power and a path for her. Lay your healing hands on a good friend, Bud. Help the doctors find what is wrong and good test results strength for Coco, and guidance for the doctors as they figure out the next step for cancer treatments. Be with her, ease her mind, for you know the plans you have for her. prayers for my daughter, Jessica, that you watch over her and to get her well from her illness, may you heal her. For your loving care to be showered on Samantha and the rest of our grandchildren, Prayer of, of joy for the new Mr. and Mrs. Evans-Smith and their families, the Boers and the Smiths. Continued strength for baby Waylon Nelson so he can go home to be with his family. Prayer for Pastor Thielen. Wrap him in comfort and strength for all he does for everyone. For the Lemke family, as they mourn the loss of their mother and grandmother. Pray for my friend Karen, that you help her. To find the right job that brings her joy and happiness. A prayer of thanks for helping my grandpa recover from open-heart surgery and continue prayers for him through physical therapy. Gracious God, as we navigate this broken world, we know we can turn to you and receive your never-ending grace, mercy, and love. Because of all that your son Jesus did, by taking our sins to the cross. It is in his name that we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen.
7: That's it?
8: That's your whole story? Everything we know for certain established as fact by eyewitnesses in accordance with the law. Uh.
7: (laughs) I know we can't prove it's the same person, but the pattern's too striking
8: to ignore. It doesn't
7: need to be the same person, that's what's wonderful. I will have Shimon dragged for this. To be fair, it was the secretary who called the charges minutiae, not Shimon himself. Secretaries don't put words in the rabbi's mouth, it's the other way around. Minusha. My congregation and students will foam at the mouth when they hear this. Make a written record of your conversation with Shimon's secretary, every word, and file it with the clerk of the Special Council for False Prophecies at the Archive. It must be signed and dated by a ranking Levite. Do you understand my instructions? Yes, but why all the exactitude? Because when this Jesus of Nazareth amasses enough followers and enough detractors, it will get Rome's attention, and then everyone will know. Know what, Rabbi? That Shimon was well aware of these offenses and dismissed them. His obsession with reforming God's immutable law will be exposed for the negligent, lazy, dangerous abomination it is.
8: Not just Shimon. We opened a case with the Sanhedrin, and Nicodemus dismissed
7: it as immaterial. Nicodemus, I've long suspected the lamps were going dim in that house, if you get my meaning. Well, I don't know about that. I... Spread the word. Tell every scribe, Pharisee, Sadducee, Essen, priest, teacher, and Levite you know. Why, Rabbi? First, the facts. Self-identifies using a divine title from the prophet Daniel. Son of man. Claims authority to forgive sins. Violates Shabbat on multiple occasions, and commands others to do so. Eats with tax collectors and sinners. Degenerate. Now, the speculation. Speak it out, I don't have all day. One of John
8: the Baptizer's students is among his followers, and there are rumors of a second.
7: Delicious. We'll never be pestered by that freak again.
8: In Capernaum, there were women of ill repute seen at table with him at the tax
7: collector's house. You're telling me women are among his followers? You asked for speculation. Keep going.
9: He consorts with Gentiles, specifically the Ethiopian
7: woman, who knew his name and his origin. The last is very vague and small. Nothing is small when it comes to fidelity to God's law. The Praetor of
8: Capernaum ordered Jesus detained When I spoke with his office, they made mention of the fourth philosophy. The Zealots? It was just a passing comment. He must be out of his mind.
7: That's all we have. You must make these confirmed facts and inferences made known far and wide, but never mention that Shimon or Nicodemus dismissed the case. The gullible masses would defer to their supposed wisdom. But then, when we reveal dated documentation showing that Shimon had early warning and did nothing, the house of his wretched grandfather, Hillel, will fall and the house of Shammai will rise.
8: Rabbi Shammai, respectfully, we didn't come here today seeking to influence which schools of thought. We
7: came looking for someone who would care that a false prophet is deceiving our people. If that was your intent, you have succeeded. Everything you have shared with me will make an appearance at my next Shabbat sermon.
5: As we conclude this eight-week series based on The Chosen, season two, and as we approach the Lenten season, I thought this clip speaks volumes. When you look into the gospel readings, you see story after story where they're trying to catch Jesus. And as we get into the Lenten season, we see their intensity, their intensity to catch him, and to do something about this Jesus. Now, who is this Jesus? He is the person that is loving the broken. He is spending time with the marginalized. He is teaching about God's love in a brand new way, that God's love is actually available, that God is approachable, that he's not just in in a temple behind a curtain, that he is there. He's doing all this teaching, and it's riling people up. And the result of this? Persecution. Not just persecution. Ultimately, we see him put to death on a cross. That's why as we conclude the words of the Beatitudes, right? We've been doing this every single week. We've been looking at clips, but we've been looking at the Beatitudes that we find in Matthew chapter 5 we now conclude with this final beatitude from Matthew 5, verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And I was thinking about the, the prophets. Okay, what does that mean? Who were they? What did they go through? Well, I came up with, the, with a list that really falls under this idea of blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. So I'm just going to walk through with you just a list of some of the prophets and what they went through because of their connection with the one true God. So we have Moses, was constantly harassed by grumbling unbelievers, the Israelites, during their journey. They were struggling. Samuel was repeatedly rejected when he brought God's word to King Saul. Elijah was hounded by wicked Queen Jezebel when he stood up to her and her priests of Baal. Nehemiah had a running feud with Sanballat and Tobiah while trying to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. Ezekiel needed to be encouraged while living among thorns and briars and scorpions. Jeremiah was beaten, put into stocks, and thrown into a muddy cistern. Isaiah, while the scriptures don't tell us what happened to him, um, some very legitimate... um, uh, other writings have talked about how Isaiah was put into a hollow log and sawn in two. We have Daniel in the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a fiery furnace. Peter and John before the Jewish Sanhedrin. Paul in the court of King Agrippa. And then we have Stephen as found in the book of Acts. Acts. Standing, standing up for his faith and his trust in Jesus and being stoned, stoned to death for his faith. And then if you look at the story of uh, the other disciples that we know, all of them that were martyred, in other words, killed for their faith, except for one. Anybody know who that was? John. John's the only one that wasn't martyred. He lived to, in his 90s and he died of natural causes. So, what a list. And so then we look at those words. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. I don't know about you, but there's a disconnect. Being blessed and persecuted, and that's supposed to be together? Well, Jesus said it was. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you. That's supposed to be a good thing? And are there all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account? Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So I, I guess the question, one question that begs to be asked, why persecution? Why does this happen? Jesus said it's going to happen, but Why? And for me, I could go back to the easy one-word answer that is the trouble for everything in this world today. And what's the one-word answer? Sin. Yeah. Remember what happened with Adam and Eve? Sin came into the world because they decided to do what God told them not to do. They ate from the tree, and sin came in. And all of a sudden, there was trouble. Trouble with humanity, and also trouble with the relationship with God. And ever since then, just like the Galatians reading talked about, there is this opposition, our flesh with the Spirit. God, who is always good, always loving, God is a God of life versus evil and death and despair. And you could ultimately say that it's a warfare between God and devil himself, and it is an intense warfare, and this intense warfare brings persecution and will be until Christ comes again. Jesus says it like this in John 15. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than its master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. So now I want you to get ready. And this next question is going to be very disturbing, and you might even want to shut your eyes and close your ears, maybe even turn away or walk away, because this question is very law-oriented. And I want you, what's going to happen is I'm going to put the question up, and I want you to take 30 seconds to ponder the question. And the question is this, what about us? Have we been persecuted because of our connection with Jesus? And maybe just, you know, in, the, in these 30 seconds, think about the, the last day, the last week, the last month. As far as you can go back for, in 30 seconds, think about when have you been persecuted because of your connection with Jesus? So I'm going to literally give you 30 seconds. So just in your own head and heart, ponder that question. What about me? Have I experienced the persecution? So because of your relationship with Jesus, because of your belief in Jesus and his teaching, how has the world hated you? And as your pastor, I'm going to tell you If I was honest with you about how I'd answer this, the world has not hated me enough. When I think about some of the teachings that are so clear in the Bible, I mean so clear, like there's no room to budge, sometimes I've just shrunk back. Or I don't want to get involved. I don't want to get people upset. Even if it's all out of love. Sometimes I'll just kind of take a step back in silence because it's safer. And I'm just going to put two things out there. I mean, there's two of many. Example, the sanctity of human life. Once upon a time, 30 years ago, I would stand, and I would stand in front of people, and I would talk about life and the importance of life, and I would be on the corner with other people. and You know, I just haven't done that recently. Or how about the sanctity of marriage, what God says? And sometimes we just kind of take a step back and uh, it gets political. No, it's not political. So you just go through the word of God. What does God say? And when have you been that bright beacon of light in a very dark world? And if you're feeling uncomfortable, I want you to know I've been feeling uncomfortable all week thinking that I need to stand up in front of you as your pastor and admit that I don't do this enough and the world doesn't hate me enough. And that I'm now going to press on you that, you know what, you need to do more. You need to shine more brightly in this dark world. And when you do that, sometimes, sometimes what's going to happen, people will hate you. Why? Because Jesus said so. Simple? Simple. But it can be painful. We're going to watch another clip. And uh, again, this is episode 8 of season 2. Setting the scene. I want you to know. um, The the Chosen takes a lot of liberty about uh, the, the writing of the Sermon on the Mount. And they kind of give a backstory about how it all happened and stuff like that. But we're going to jump in at this moment. See, Matthew and Jesus were working together on the writing of the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew would be writing down, and Jesus would tell him. And they were really struggling with, how do we start this? I mean, there's a lot of heavy stuff in the Sermon on the Mount. How do we start this? And then we find this moment, and this is what the clip is, where Jesus walks to Matthew. I think it's dawn. It's early in the morning. And he leans over, and he says... Might as well put it up on the screen. I've got it. And then he shares it with Matthew. And I want you to watch the clip carefully. As he's going through each of the Beatitudes, you'll see some flashbacks. So let's watch this.
9: I've got it. Mm. The opening? Yes. What is it? A map. A what? Directions. Where people should look to find me. Okay. Give me a moment. Mm. for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. Yes, but how is it the map? If someone wants to find me, those are the groups they should look for. Then you are the salt of the earth.
5: Connect the dots if you would. Again, I've watched this many times, so I had that advantage. Here's the scoop. Whatever life circumstance you are going through right now, I want you to hold that space. There is a God of the universe who comes to you right where you are and wants to bless you. Go through the Beatitudes. Whatever you're going through in life, there is a God who loves you so much that he comes down to this earth, puts flesh on, relates with humanity, and says, blessed are. And then you go through through the list. What a beautiful picture. And again, the chosen said, <laughs> Jesus said, it's a map. It is. And when you see those kind of people, He says, that's where I'm going to be. What a beautiful description of the Bible and how it teaches about Jesus. I think it is great. Um, but we go through some trials and troubles. Sometimes it's really tough. And Jesus knew that. Jana, can you get me over to John 15 passage? I'm going to jump to John 14 stuff. Really good stuff. Read John 14, 1 to 7, if you would. Um, this is what Jesus promises. He knows that as we live life, we're going to have trouble. We're going to have trial. We're going to be persecuted. And then he says this when the helper comes, when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, namely the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will also testify about me. And you are testifying as well, because you have been with me from the beginning. Now he's preparing the disciples, uh, because he's not going to be with them much longer on the earth. So he says, you know what, I got an idea. I'm going to give the helper the Holy Spirit. Because as they go through life, they need somebody to be with them, and to give them faith, and to give them comfort, and to give them peace. And the same thing for us today as we journey through life, as we go through the ups, also the downs, as we go through the twists and the turns, this helper, the Holy Spirit, says, I will be with you. And here's where I want to connect God's genius design. And I want to jump over. Can you jump to the tapestry for a second? All right. If you want, come to my office someday, just because. You know, I'd love to have you in my office. This hangs in my office. About five years ago, a little old woman decided to make this for me. It took her about a year and a half. What a labor of love. And she just knew that I needed, like all of us, the fruit of the Spirit to be with us in life's journey. And on there, you just you could see that, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I mean, this is what Jesus said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, and this Holy Spirit's going to give you the fruit so that you can live life. Live life in its fullness. Now, one of the things I realized as I was doing my study, there are a lot of theologians out there that say there is a connection. Connection between the fruit of the Spirit that you see up here and the Beatitudes that we have been studying. So let me go back if I can. If you could put it back for me, please. There we go. Uh, It's just a little graph, and you could see what several theologians did. And you look at each of the Beatitudes we've covered, and the fruit of the Spirit is a gift for us as we go through life and these circumstances. You see, God is covered. He is with us. No matter what life circumstance you're going through, He's there for you and he's going to equip you with the Holy Spirit and this fruit so that we can live in a way that's going to be pleasing to God. So may God grant us such a faith to believe in Jesus, such a faith that is born out of this Holy Spirit so that we live lives to the glory of God. Amen. All right, if you would please stand, share with you the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. One,
10: two, three. Good God almighty, I hope you'll find me. Praising your name no matter what comes because i know where i'd be without your mercy so i'll keep praising your name at the top of my lungs He's God. He is good God almighty. Well praise him in the morning, praise him in the noontime, praise him when the sun goes down. Love him in the morning, love him in the noontime, love him when the sun goes down. Good God almighty, I hope you'll find me. Praising your name on
0: Morning. morning, Jesus,
10: in the, in the new time. time, Jesus, when the sun goes down.
1: Have a great day, everybody. Go in peace and
10: serve the Lord. Good God almighty, I hope you'll find me, praising your name, no sun goes down, Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the noontime, Jesus when the sun goes down,